This episode is sponsored by Paleo Valley. Paleo Valley's meat sticks have been a lifesaver during this hot summer. Since they're shelf stable, I always have three Paleo Valley meat sticks in my bag at all times. It's also been perfect for my boys' lunch boxes. I love Paleo Valley's grass finished beef sticks and pasture raised turkey sticks because they support US family farmers that focus on regenerative agriculture. These meat sticks are from animals that have never been fed grains, soy, corn, or GMOs and have never been given antibiotics. The spices in these meat sticks are also 100% organic. The sticks come in five different flavors, and my favorite is the original beef stick, and my boys love the teriyaki beef sticks and the original pasture raised turkey stick. Paleo Valley's meat sticks are a perfect snack and, frankly, a great value without skimping on quality. Each stick is about $2 with our discount code, and it comes in a 10 pack bag. Make sure to support this podcast and head over to paleovalley.comslash CATG and use code CATG to get 15% off your first order. Thanks for listening and supporting the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. Laura and I are just going to be talking really candid. This is what this podcast is all about. It's one thing to say, I want to eat something else that's not meat. It's a whole other thing to say, you need to eat something else that's not meat. If you notice that you're jumping from diet to diet, at a certain point, you have to wonder the only common denominator is me. Get outside, go for a walk, yeah. get some vitamin D, breathe yeah. some fresh air, and stay happy and healthy and, and take care of yourselves. Let's just have some real talk. <laughs> Welcome to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. Welcome back to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. My name is Laura Spath, and I am joined by my friend and co host and Instagram criminal, Judy Cho. <laughs> How's prison life, Judy? Instagram jail time. It's fun. It's like I'm back to having 500 followers. No, just kidding.、Um, <laughs> no, explain to people what it is. Actually, I, got, I mentioned that in my stories the other day that you were in jail, and I got a bunch of comments of people were like, What's that mean? Like, what's, what did she do? And why is she in jail? And I'll say for clarification before you start explaining. Yes. This isn't like, I mean, I, we, I think I've heard a lot of people kind of talking about being sh- shadow banned before or like saying that they're shadow banned or something, which is where,、um, you know, Instagram can like down regulate you in the algorithm. And it's kind of this mysterious thing like, is it happening or is it not? But yours is like a legit. legit. <laughs> Instagram sent you notifications telling you we are no longer letting you have access to certain things and blah, 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 because you have been bad. So explain to the people what you did. So, I, first of all, I didn't even know this existed. So, I was in shock that all of this happened. I guess you can have three strikes. So, let me tell you guys, Instagram 101, that I learned the hard way.、Um, So, I guess you can have three strikes of people sharing that you did not follow Instagram's community guidelines, which can be related to harm, bullying, a bunch of other things. And then one other thing is misinformation. And it's funny because who defines misinformation, right? Like that's the part that's a little tricky. So, the first one, I got a ding for sharing about probiotics. And literally, there was no content other than. You can use these supplements to support your gut health. And I did stuff on hydrochloric acid and other things, but the only one that got dinged, maybe someone reported it, was the probiotics. And, and then the second one happened where I don't know what the original post was, but I, I shared a screenshot of the CDC's、uh, what ingredients are in every single vaccine. And this had nothing to do with COVID. It was even before COVID happened. And I literally, Grabbed a screenshot. It wasn't, my, I didn't make this at all. And that was deemed as misinformation and false information on the vaccine. So it was removed. And then one thing I noticed after that one was I had a slower pace in likes and follows and stuff. And I just thought my content must be boring. I'm not following the trends of the reels and stuff. So,、uh, and I was okay with that. So I was fine. And then recently, and this was honestly a reshare. So I shared this when. Two and a half years ago, people were starting to share about PUFAs and the fears of eating chicken, pork, and then fish. And then fish was also demonized because of the level of mercury. All my content shared was if you're scared of mercury from your fish, you may actually 
um, be more exposed to the amalgams in your teeth, as well as mercury from your vaccines, which they on the CDC website show that they use thimerosal, if I'm even pronouncing that correctly, but it's a mercury adjuvant or additive that they add to vaccines. I just pulled that data from the website again. And then anyway, so that was the last flag or the the last thing. And again, I didn't know any of these rules and they pulled it down. They said this was misinformation. And I guess they allow you to contest some of these. Well, they didn't even allow me. So it said um, that it was reviewed and this is false information. So then they said to me, or actually other people told me, are you in Instagram jail? And I was like, what are you talking about? And people are saying to me, yeah, we tried tagging you um, and mentioning you in my stories or in posts. And it says, we are no, you are no longer allowed to tag this person because they constantly are sharing misinformation about vaccines. And um, like Instagram warns me, like if I try to tag you or anything, it right. says like, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> um, <laughs> or I think also too, like Instagram does this thing I was talking about, like eating a lot of fat or something. And so I was DMing somebody and I was saying like, that's a lot of fat or something. And then they were like, are you sure you want to send that? Cause they thought like I was using the word fat, but oh I'm talking gosh. about protein and fat and like what we're eating, but they assumed I was like bullying somebody. And so Instagram kept like flagging, like, are you, it would ask me like, are you sure you want to send that? So it's same thing is happening when I try to tag you. It's like, are you sure uh, you want to tag her? Because she says misinformation. Right. But they, so the thing is they don't let you tag me though. So I don't maybe, so I know they allow me to tag myself through carnivore cure. And so that's kind of like my workaround as of now, but for everybody, they do not allow them to tag me. And, you know, at first I was like, whatever, I'm just going to continue. But then it started upsetting me because when I saw the metrics, which I don't really track because that stuff really bothers me. And so I just don't even look at it really. But I was just curious. And there is, and I, I don't bring this up because I feel like it's, um, you know, there's other people that try so hard to get a following and they would be happy with some of the numbers I'll say. So that's where maybe it sounds arrogant or pompous. And I don't mean that at all. But let's say if I were to reach like 40,000 people on my one post, now maybe if I'm lucky, I'll hit 5,000. And and it's fine in a sense, like at least they're not canceling my account, but there's just like everything is, they're hiding me as a person. And my husband tried to look my up at my account and I'm literally grayed out. And like, if people follow a lot of people, you know, whoever you interact with the most is what Instagram thinks that you want to see, right? So it, it basically like, if you haven't been on Instagram in a while, um, and you follow a whole bunch of people, when you open your app, the people that you interact with the most are going to pop up at the top. Well, then it takes accounts like Judy's when, when she's being banned like this. Uh, and it basically just like hides her from you unless people go like and intentionally seek her out. Um, or, you know, people like me who don't really follow a lot of people. So I like see everything, but it really kind of just like hides her in the algorithm and doesn't recommend her to even people that follow her, let alone people outside of that. And I know too, like your story views have been cut by like two thirds, you know, like it's a lot smaller than what it used to be. So you're getting like a tiny percentage of people who are actually seeing your stories and stuff anymore. Yeah. And at first I was like, fine, I'm just not going to post anymore. And I did that for a day. And I just was like, you know what, I just need to carry on. And I don't regret anything I shared. And I did not share anything that was misinformation. Like that was a part that really frustrated me because then I wrote a newsletter and I broke down everything and I put the links of where I got the images and everything. And some people wrote to me and said, well, there was like one or two people that said Instagram was right unsubscribe me from your newsletter. (laughs) But most people were supportive of that's wrong that they're going to censor you. I wasn't saying, therefore, don't get the vaccine or therefore do get the vaccine or therefore take the probiotic. I'm just sharing information. And I give the links and sources every time I share this information. And that person was upset. And again, I shared content that's straight up from the CDC. I don't, I didn't say even in my newsletter. So therefore, everyone should be taking the vaccine. Like, I don't care if this is everyone's life that everyone needs to make their own decision. That's where I have a hard time with this misinformation, because if I'm sharing facts from the CDC, they won't even allow me to argue that. But And there's certain features on Instagram where like, obviously people can't tag you now unless people are seeing your content. Right. And I know this, the other parts of it, you don't really 
do a lot of products or brand stuff on Instagram, but you know, it's, it wouldn't let you, um, there's ways to make money on Instagram, yeah. right? And oh, you I can do brand deals and partnerships. You can do sponsored content and like tag brands. And then that would give the brands the ability to boost that post for you. Right. So if I do like yes. a sponsored content for a product or a like auto wild, they then can pay to boost that post because I've done an ad for them or something like that. Right. And that's like you, it, obviously you don't do those things normally. That's just not your style anyway. But if you did it, it, the system's not letting you do that. Also, everybody's making reels right now because people are getting paid. Instagram is paying you money to make reels. And so like based on the number of views that you get in a certain time frame, right. and you're no longer eligible to, which I know, again, this isn't really your type of content. It's more like people like me, but you're not able to be eligible to make money on those reels anymore um, because of this type of stuff. And I think I've been banned from that since the probiotic days. So that's why a long time ago, when you told me that people were making money off the IGTV or not the IGTVs, the, the reels. Yeah. The, no, not just the reels, but when people were doing um, oh, IG live. live. Yes. So, like a few months ago before the reels bonuses started on Instagram, it was the, um, IG lives. If you went live in like a certain Instagram would pay you for that. Yeah. So none of those. So I, the reason I never yeah. knew what you were talking about is I was, I've never had access to any of them and I, I probably wouldn't have done it anyway, but it's just, it's, I, I can see the dilemma with all content creators. We want to share our opinion, but we are being censored in a way that this is real, right? So a lot of people that have seen my content about I'm in jail, they see it's real and and then what is it going to make you do? It's going to make you think I never should share content about certain things. But if it's near and dear to your heart. But it causes heart, you to self-censor. Most of right. the people are going to just self-censor them, you know, like, exactly. and, and not share those things in the first place because they're afraid of having their livelihood taken away right. or they're afraid of, and that's honestly like, I know we're going to get into this later, but it's it's part of the reason why I don't share a lot of that stuff. Like I'm a lot more open on this platform and on cutting yeah. against the grain because I don't have coworkers listening here. Usually I don't have like, um, or I don't want to lose like my platform, uh, yeah. and have, you know, things taken away from me. Yeah. And I, I think it's very fair and it's very real, um, now that I've experienced it. And so I am grateful for our community and all their support. I received so many nice messages and emails and, I'm just going to keep sharing and I will be a little bit more mindful on Instagram, but that's why I have my newsletter where I will share. And, you know, for the people that don't want to listen to my content, um, I'm happy to unsubscribe them. I don't want to share and spam people that don't believe that the content on CDC is, um, is truth. And all I'm doing is relaying that information. So yeah, it's been, um, it's been interesting. Yeah. And it's just showing you, I think the people who want us to find you hopefully are still finding you. And, um, and you never know, this is the thing too. You never know how long it's going to last. It could last like a month and all of a sudden it pops back up again, or it could last longer than that. You kind of don't really know. It'll maybe just depend on what else you share in the meantime. Yeah. It's but actually, Oh, go ahead. No, it's interesting because somebody was like, it's going to last a year. And I was like, Oh, great. But, um, you I know, don't think so. somebody told me that one thing you, um, I can have my audience do, which, I think I'll make a short video or something to ask for this favor, but something along the lines of you can go on post or you can go on the stories and then try to mention me with the at nutrition with Judy. And then when you see my name and it says, you're not allowed to tag her because of um, whatever vaccine thing, then shake your phone. And it says, um, are you reporting a problem? And then in that text, I know literally you say, <laughs> stop shadow banning nutrition with Judy. And I heard that if enough people do that, um, then it'll get me out of this jail faster. If people could do that, that would be cool. That I that I have never heard before. Me too. But actually, I didn't even message you this today. Normally, I update Judy about all the news that's happening, and I haven't even sent you this today yet. But and I think this episode isn't coming out for a couple weeks. But it's official today. Um, the offer that Elon Musk made to buy Twitter was accepted today, so he officially is going to own Twitter. And obviously there's like some paperwork and stuff that's happening, but Twitter now is going to be a fully privatized company um, owned by Elon Musk. Wow. Maybe I should switch. It's going to be crazy. I know. <laughs> Maybe crazy. you need to uptick. Now you need to go back on Twitter uh, since you're shadow banned on Instagram. And the assumption is like, if you don't know, then the assumption is, and his, what he said is that he's now going to make it a fully free sp speech platform. 
and, you know, be transparent about the algorithm, stop doing these shadow bans, stop um, banning people for misinformation. There's already a bunch of accounts that were banned previously for misinformation um, that he's already restored as of today. Like the Babylon Bee was taken down, um, which is a satire account and which I don't, you know, it's a, it's fake headlines and it's intended to be fake headlines. Um, They tend to be more right-leaning and more conservative. It's a Christian uh, fake news site where they make up fake stuff, but it's run by uh, Christians and that had been taken down previously. That was restored today too. So like he's already, it's, I don't know what it's going to mean. Elon Musk is not on the right. Like he's not a conservative at all. He's just a fan of open platforms. And I don't think it's going to be like, anarchy, which I would prefer, but I don't think it's going to be crazy. Like, um, but I do think that he is going to be much more transparent about algorithms. It's going to, um, and they're going to allow people to have more free speech. So it's, it's been very entertaining on Twitter today. I will say. Well, I wonder if he will, um, release, uh, president Trump or, you know, ex-president Trump. I, I don't know. That's, that is the question of the right and the left, which sure. I am on neither. Right. But the right is like waiting with bated breath and the left <laughs> is freaking out. And like, it's, I don't care what happens. It's just going to be entertaining to watch. Like that's, I don't have, I don't care if he comes back or not. It's just, it would be really good entertainment <laughs> if they let him back on there. <laughs> yeah, of course. I think what would be really cool is um, obviously he can't buy out all the different platforms because that's the number one message people were saying is that he needs to also buy Instagram to me. But if he can lead precedence with Twitter, then maybe the other co- companies will then want to follow suit just out of competition of, oh, there's more users now using Twitter. It's much more active. Well, they always will care about the ad dollars. And so maybe Instagram and Facebook will then be a little bit more lenient. I mean, it's crazy. So Facebook owns Instagram. And on Facebook, none of these posts are banned, but on Instagram, they are banned. And it's, it's crazy. And if you scroll down a couple years on my content, that same post that they removed is still there. It's just an old post. It's, it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things that you just never know, like what's going to get flagged or caught or stick. And it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't even think it's about money anymore at this point. Like it's about control, which is the problem with Elon owning Twitter is now they don't, you know, the whatever big tech government, like in general, don't control like what's being shared. And I think that's, you know, and now we're getting like a little crazy on here, but um, you could come join me on locals, which I'm going to talk about in a second. If you want to talk more about crazy censorship and conspiracy theory, um, but that's exactly right. I think it's just, it's, it will be very interesting by the time this episode drops, it's going to be a very interesting how this has transcribed the last couple of weeks. Sure. Well, let's talk about your local. So what someone asked me to join that and I, I didn't, even, I don't even know what that really is, but I mean, it makes sense. People, the number one thing other than that Elon Musk has to buy Instagram was, I think I got over 20 different platforms that I should join instead of Instagram. And no one really brought up locals though. So what is that? So it's different. It's different than all the other ones, but I will say that's part of it. Like there's so many other platforms that are currently marketed as like free speech platforms, Mm -hmm. like the, the, you know, all these things that are supposed to be like, um, you know, rumble and odyssey you can do. It's like free speech replacements for YouTube. And there's like, um, telegram, I think parlor was around for like a second, which was free speech replacement of Twitter and gab. And there's just all these different options. The problem is, is that you have to be where the people are. And so while some of us want to get off of YouTube and we want to get off of Instagram and we want to get off of Twitter or something like that, it's like, that's where the people are and that's where your business is. And so you can't really walk away from those platforms. Um, and I mean, I've never really been into Facebook in the first place. Like I'm on there to like share pictures of my family and my kids to my mom and my grandparents and my cousins and stuff. But it's really more like, it's very private. I did. I tried to keep up with Facebook for a while as like the Loris bath carnivore page Mm -hmm. or whatever, but I just kind of lost interest and was just reposting stuff from Instagram over there. And I never really did anything with it. Um, but I started a community um, called Locals, which is just like locals.com. And it was created um, basically as a way for a creator or like a content creator to fully own their content, like 100%. It was kind of a way to replace 
uh, Patreon, right? So Patreon is a website where you can upload a bunch of content. People can pay a subscription. They can support at different tier levels, and then they have access to content. And so Locals is kind of a combination of Patreon and Facebook a little bit. So it's like within Locals, there's all these communities. So my community that I created is lauraeastbath.locals.com. And when you go there, you can join the community and you can kind of see a thread and it it looks similar to like a Facebook thread where Mm -hmm. people can post, they can upload videos. It's like, not only it's, this is where it's so cool. And what I love so much about it. It's not like my Instagram feed where I'm just posting content and you see my content all the time. It's my content and anybody else who's joined that community they get to post and you see their content as well. So it's kind of like this awesome private Facebook group, right. but less crazy, like without any of the crazy of Facebook, like so many people don't want to be on Facebook anymore. And so it's, you know, you get to see content from me in there, but then also basically anybody who would want to join my community and support me probably feels similarly to you do if you want to. They eat similarly. They're probably dealing with similar things. Um, most people who've watched my content struggle with food issues of some mm-hmm. kind, and they really relate to that, you know, mo- lack of moderation ability. Like it's just a place where you can go and join and meet other people who are interested in a lot of the same things. Um, I follow, I listen to a lot of podcasts. And so some of the local communities that I'm in are for people who've written books and authors and podcasts that I listen to. Like Chris is in a bunch of communities and he has met then, which is what's so cool about it. People in real life, like people he has seen in this locals community. Um, he then has like flown to different events around the country and different conferences and then met up with some of those. He was like, you know, has dinner with all of his friends that he's met through this locals group for like this author that they follow and this guy who has a podcast. So that, I mean, in some ways, like that's, what's so cool about it is that it's, you know, on Instagram, I can't follow everybody back. I can't see everybody else's content. It's really hard for me to do that on locals. Not only can you see me and I can talk to you easier, but then I get to see all of your content. And then also you guys get you to find each other. Like that's kind of the cool thing is that if you're wanting to be um, somebody who's following my content on a regular basis, you probably are going to get along really well with other people who are that way. And so it's just a really awesome way to like meet people and connect and then make real life friends. Then we all can like host meetups when I travel, we can, um, you know, we can kind of do all kinds of cool things and hopefully you can meet people in real life in your area. If not like, meeting virtual friends. I don't know. That was kind of a long explanation, but does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Is there a stop gate with people that can join that community? Because what if it gets to thousands? I mean, how, how does that work? And then if there's thousands of people and if there's thousands, can thousands of people also post at the same time? Yeah. So it kind of depends. And there are some people whose locals, it kind of would be like a Facebook mm-hmm. group at that point, if it got that big where, um, you know, like there's people who have locals communities that like this one that we're in has like 50,000 people that join. And there's several different, there's several different levels in there. Like anybody can join a locals community and you can see public posts and you can kind of watch and observe and you can scroll through and see. Uh, And then most people, myself included, have like a supporter only features where if you become a supporter, which is where you're essentially supporting me and my family and our, my content, then you can post uh, and interact with other people. So you can't, you could go and watch for free, but you can't post. And then any content that I put out, I can choose to like have that be public for anybody, or I can also choose to have it be private for supporters only. And I plan to do both. Honestly, anything that I put on Instagram, I probably will put in locals for free just as like a duplicate Mm -hmm. space. It also, I get messages every day from people saying they just don't want to be on Instagram anymore and they don't want to be on these platforms. And so this is a way of kind of replacing that for free. If you wanted to be a supporter of mine, like you can see behind the scenes content. There's kind of two different levels. There's the one level where you can post, you can interact with other people. You can see all my supporter content. And then there's another level of support where you can just DM me directly. Um, 
to be honest, I found, and I know you don't really do like Instagram DMs, like people work with you, but I just found that I was spending so much time in Instagram DMs and you're helping this one person. And then the next thing you know, like they don't even follow you and you didn't know that. And you've just spent all this time kind of like, and not only that, you're helping one person in private, but so many people have the same question. And it's just like, ever since these, what I order videos have gone crazy. Like Instagram has just been kind of, um, flooded with noise for me. I can't see other people's stuff as easily. Mm-hmm. There's just, my DMs are crazy. There's full of crazy stuff. My notifications are just blown up constantly with all of this people like having issues with what I order. And it's not, it doesn't bother me anymore. I know I was on here a while ago talking about how it was upsetting. I way past that. Now it's just, it's annoying because it's noise and I can't see what I want to see. Sure. And so I mean, you and I have been talking about me wanting to be, to do a locals for a long time. Um, and so part of, it kind of came out of twofold reasons. One, I'm just tired of the noise on Instagram that I can't see people that have questions for me. It's harder for me to answer questions and like see them to support other people. And I want to be able to support people that support me. Like, yeah, of course I want to spend my time with people who actually like me. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to, I want to help people, um, especially if they support me. And then also just, um, this whole censorship thing, like if everything disappears tomorrow. So that's kind of the second part of it was we finally got my website up and running. So it's just lauraspath.com where you now can sign up for, to be on my email list. Um, and then the locals thing, like, you know, locals is, kind of their whole platform is that they're guaranteed to not like to be free speech. They're not going to kick you off. It's my content. Like I own my content. They take a very small percentage of the support, like a place like Patreon. It takes like 30%, I think, or YouTube takes like a lot of percentage of your um, money as well. Um, If people donate through like super chats and stuff, YouTube takes like 30% of that. And um, I think locals only takes 10%. And so it definitely is, much better for the creator. I get to keep my content. I get to keep most of the support. It's just, it's such an easier way to make sure that I'm available to people who want to hear what I'm saying, I guess, if that makes sense. And then beyond that, it's a way for people to find other like-minded people. Um, somebody already posted today that they have like a farm in Tennessee. And then somebody else was like, Oh, I live in the same part of Tennessee. And I also have chickens and like, Oh, like people are already kind of getting to know each other through that. And it's just, that's what I'm most excited about is to just like make it this tiny little, you know, group where people can kind of get ideas and share and find other people. And then also like I can be in there too. And it's more fun for me. Cause it almost feels like goes back to like being smaller again. You know, the biggest perk sounds like you're not throwing a wide net to a bunch of people that one cannot like your content and then give you a hard time. Like I used to get with vegans, for example, and you're finding a niche group that wants to see your content. And then you can also support, as you said, so that, that all makes a lot of sense. And I mean, just from my Instagram experience now, I mean, that's why I started really sharing about joining my newsletter and I put out a lot of content from there. So it absolutely makes sense because there is a chance that Instagram will go away and Facebook and all these other platforms. And even still, it may not go away, but some new thing, maybe it's TikTok. And eventually, I mean, are you going to follow every single platform? And it just becomes hard as a content creator that, but if you have your own space in right the internet of things, I think it makes so much sense. And just to keep in touch, I think it's, it's really helpful. Yeah. And I definitely, I'm not going away from Instagram, just like you're not either, right? We're not leaving Instagram. That content is still going to be available there for free. I still plan on putting out YouTube videos, but it's definitely going to be more of a one-way interaction on Instagram now. And Mm -hmm. then two-way interactions will happen a lot more on um, locals where I can kind of, I feel like I'm giving more valuable time to people that I want to give my time to, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, I, you know, I used to tell you all the time about my DMs and they just argued with you all the time. Yeah. Well, not only that, but when I would remember when I was tracking my time during the carnivore cure days mm-hmm. to try to get the book out, it's like some days I would take two hours in DMs and 
I mean, I have client emails and I have client calls and I have the book and it just got to a point of, I really want to help people, but it's not, it doesn't make sense from a, if I'm trying to help everyone and I literally am spending my time with one random person, first of all, they might not even listen to me because I'm just a person on the internet giving them recommendations and they may have asked everybody like a shoot and spray type of thing. And it's just, if, if we want to help more people, it's like podcasts that can get there or the locals group. And, and I think a lot of people also join these communities because they want their own friendships, right? They just, it's not like they want just Laura. They want Laura and the like-minded people that also like Laura. And I think that's where people love these social media platforms. And that's been the greatest thing about the last couple of years. I mean, the last couple of years we know have been really hard for various reasons. Like no matter how you feel about anything, they've been hard. And I would not have survived without my friendship with you and we, you know, with people that I've met on the internet. And it's like, I wouldn't have met you without Instagram, but at some point, like it's really hard to do. And you know, I get people all the time that like, they want to host a meetup, but they're like, I don't have a following. I don't know how to do that. Well, like come join a, a small group where you can meet other people who like feel similar ways. And, um, you know, we can help get you connected and like use the internet to kind of bridge that, to find some real life friendships. That's, I mean, you and I talk all the time, the importance of community, obviously, and then just support in your real life. And if you don't have that, how hard it is. Um, and you can find that in whether, I mean, it doesn't have to be through me, right? I just, I've done the Facebook group thing a million times and it's just really hard to like actually get to know people on there. Um, I love our little carnivore 75 hard Facebook group, but it's really turned into more of like a resource page. Like you and I don't post anything in there. We just can't, we don't have that time. So I would love it if like come into locals and we'll post a little carnivore 75 hard challenge, like together as a group and like start one together or, you know, that Facebook group is fine, but it's almost just turned of, into more of like, of, it's where we house the resources for that program, you know? Yeah. Or like how World Carnivore Tribe was Sean Baker's group. And if you go in there, oh. there's a lot of uh, random people, or I guess what people call trolls, but they'll share content on vegan pages of look at how much carnivores are suffering and look at how crazy their diet is. And so there's no real like safe space in carnivore and that's a like um, public group, first of all. And it's oh, is it? So okay, that's huge. crazy. Yeah, it's huge. It's it's so huge too. There's just again, there's like the f- people who are in the fruit world and the not fruit world and yeah. the but bro guys and the grass finished guys and like there's so we talk about there's so much complexity in this or like confusing people. My guess is if you follow my content regularly and you want to support me, you probably are feeling the same way a lot of other people are feeling, which is mm-hmm. likely similar, right? It doesn't have to be the same but similar to how I do. And like, this is a way for you to find your tribe. If you're like adamant that we have to eat organ meats to live and that people need fruit for their thyroids, like this is probably not a place for you. (laughs) Go join Saladino's group somewhere or like do something else. Like there's, this is what's awesome about taking these big, huge platforms and then finding a smaller space to be able to like connect with people that are in similar places in life as you. Yeah, no, I think it's good. It's, um, yeah, it's good. It's helpful because I wasn't sure what that was all about. Your birthday just passed. Um, was there any reflection or thoughts or anything? I don't know, a birthday goal or just, um, you know, how was your birthday? It was good. I did my little rib, um, photo shoot, but I, I always kind of check in. It's a, kind of a reflection time for me to just check in with my weight. I, Mm -hmm. before going carnivore, I always said like, there was never two birthdays in a row where I probably wasn't like at least 50 pounds or more different than the year before. I was always in the process of like gaining 50 pounds or losing 50 pounds. And so birthdays were always this time where either I was like one giant swing or another. And I felt like even going carnivore, I, you know, lost a hundred pounds in a year and then was almost maintaining it for a year, but then like COVID and I gained a bunch of weight. Right. So even, even for my first couple of years of carnivore, you guys know, if you've been following me for a while, I like gained a lot of weight and then the next year I lost a bunch again. And so, uh, I have been the last couple of years, my biggest focus has been consistency. And so, you know, maybe within like less than 10 pounds, uh, I am the same weight now. This is my third. So 2021, 
wait, what year is this? So 2020, <laughs> I was way high. I don't even know. What, how old am I? 2020, I was... Judy, don't cut this out, okay? <laughs> I have no plan on cutting it <laughs> um, 2020, I gained a bunch of weight. So the 2019 to 2020 birthday, huge fluctuation. 2020 to 2021, big fluctuation again, right? Like I lost weight that year. And so now... I think I actually typed this wrong on Instagram now because it's been less years of consistency (laughs) than I thought. But 2021 to 2022, I am like the same weight, Mm -hmm. which is bananas for me. And it's is this the weight that I want to be at forever? No, I would like to be skinnier. I still struggle with wanting to be skinnier, but I am at a healthy weight and I am consistent and I have had very little. I'm never going to not have weight fluctuations, but I have had the least amount of weight fluctuations ever in my life between this birthday and my last birthday. And for that, I am proud and I am hoping to continue the consistency and then still also secretly hope that I lose weight (laughs) with sticking consistency. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I I remember one of our first recordings, you brought that up about the birthday and just wanting to be consistent, or maybe it was one of your posts that you brought that up. And it's always been a challenge of finding that consistent weight on your birthday. And it's always, you don't know what size you're going to be at your birthday. So I think that's a huge win. And um, I think you should own that. I'm still, I still kind of, I mean, that's it. Like I, I am healthy. We just did my blood work, which we're going to talk about another, you know, at another point, I don't really know where yet, but my blood work looks great. I'm really happy with my health. My hormones are great, um, which they weren't like back in 2019. So I just, I feel like I'm in a good place. I've recovered from, kind of the weight, all the weight that I gained in 2020. And I still am just kind of figuring out what long-term looks like, but I am in a much better place than I have been at any other point in my life. And so I'm, you know, 37 is like, it's going to be a big year. Like it's good. It's a good year. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see the consistency that I can hope that I will maintain this upcoming year. And then just like, you know, big things that are hopefully going to happen for Laura Speth. And I'm excited that as you are, you know, getting closer to perimenopause, <laughs> you're going to be healthy. <laughs> what? When does that happen? I'm finally to- just enjoying, like, listen, we can't think about that yet. No, it's, it's literally when your period starts to not be consistent. So it can start even in your early 40s. So anyways, as you are getting towards that life, um, you're healthier than ever. And that will be that will allow you to get through perimenopause and menopause a lot more easier than had you been on carbs and, and um, just fluctuate so much with weight and hormones and thyroid function. And that will then allow you to have less hot flashes. Sorry, this is that's a really listen, that's a really long time from now. I was feeling young and vital at 37. And then you just throw out the word perimenopause. <laughs> and now I realized I also am struggling with like, I'm never going to have another baby. And that's uh, emotional. I like some influencer mm-hmm. I follow um, just had a baby and she has a, a toddler and now she just had a baby this week and she was like posting all these emotional videos and I just sat on the couch and started bawling <laughs> yesterday and Chris was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I'm never going to have another baby. <laughs> and I was just like so emotional about it, but I know, now I have menopause I to look forward to. Thank you. Because <laughs> I can't have a baby because now I'm too old. Thank you. I'm always a planner, so I'm just telling you the. No, I'm trying to enjoy my moment of consistency, and now I have to worry about being consistent till I hit menopause. Thank you. You're you're good. You have a long ways till you're perimenopausal, but I mean, some people do get it before 40. So I'm just, but I was just trying to give you a compliment that you will have an easy <laughs> perimenopause, menopause, and I don't think we should. I think we should embrace all of that, whatever life stage we are as a woman. I you know, I, I would like to go through it with less hospital flashes. And so that's my goal. But yes, you're right. We can still have babies now. And I guess we should grieve, but I'm not. <laughs> Definitely <No>. not. <laughs> I know it's that it's just in the moment, but I'm ready to not start over again. Yeah. Sometimes I'll borrow somebody's for a while. I need somebody else to have a baby and let me hold it. And then we're, that's good. It's I know. It's not creepy at all. If I just want to hold somebody else's baby. I do miss the smell of babies. 
when you smell their forehead. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's creepy. No, I, <laughs> I do know. I do know. I do know. I do know. Okay. Um, I think we have beat that one to, uh, uh, enough. Let's let, we did have one more thing. I think we talked about one more thing we wanted to get to this week. And so we got a question, which I thought was very interesting and that I wanted to ask you about. Um, somebody had reached out to us and asked about, which we haven't done reviews for a while. So we'll have to do that next time. Um, somebody had reached out and said, I would love your opinion about working in the nutrition field. Um, and they had kind of listed a bunch of questions that they wanted to ask. And so I know that, um, you've worked in a corporate job for most of your life before now, before you became nutrition with Judy. Um, but they were asking, what is the difference between working in the corporate field and your job now as a nutritionist? So I don't really share my age often because I think I'm just like embarrassed, um, in the sense that most people do influencer work or stuff on social media when they're younger. And for some reason, I just didn't really want to share my age, but I think I should just embrace it at this point. So I was in the corporate field for right out of college and then until my 30s. And so now I'm 40. That sounds so old, but I, I'm 40. And you can look forward to that perimenopause, Judy. I know. That's probably why I thought of it, because I hit 40. So thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, you brought it up. <laughs> no, it's so true. It's because it's on my mind. Um, it's There's so many different facets, because when you're a nutritionist, I became an unknowing entrepreneur. I My parents were entrepreneurs. My brother's an entrepreneur and they were all successful. And I always saw their life and thought, man, you guys work so many hours. I feel bad for you. And I thought, I'm just going to live in the corporate world, get paid to travel the world, live in these nice hotels and get the food and just have that like spoiled life. And And then I ended up becoming an entrepreneur myself and I work crazy hours as well. So I'm eating my own words, but I have a level of purpose in my life that never once did I feel in the corporate life. I made very good money in my corporate job and it took a while to make decent money as nutrition with Judy, but I was okay taking a more than a hundred percent pay cut. I think that makes sense, but more than a hundred percent pay cut to become a nutritionist. So I was okay making a certain amount that was barely getting by um, if I could stay as a nutritionist because my passion really became in wanting to help people and never go through what I went through and also uh, feeding their children as well as their families well so that they can thrive. And there are a lot of things that are different. Um, You probably work more. You're probably, my brain is always on in terms of how can I improve the practice? How can I improve my clients' lives? What can I do for them better? And then what content can I share? There's always something I want to share. There's just not enough time in the day. And because I love what I do, I want to spend all the time on it. There is definitely differences in time, but I would never change what I do. And I will probably do it until the day I die. My husband thinks I'm a worker bee. And so he thinks I am going to work until the day I die because he, he knows it's my passion and what drives me. And so I probably will be 120 and sharing content on the new Instagram if I'm not in jail. (laughs) (laughs) You might be out of jail by then. Um, Well, it's interesting, though, because if you are going to do this life, like if you are going to be an entrepreneur of any kind, you have to be somebody who's just extremely self-motivated because there's nobody telling you that you have to put out content and you have to write a book and that you have to do these things. Um, And for a lot of us, like having a boss saying like, this is your job and this is what you have to do. Like those are, you know, sometimes people need those guideposts and need that motivation of like being required to do something. And I mean, I just know from spending a lot of time with you, obviously, like you never watch TV, you never, um, you know, like even if you guys go on vacation, that's part of your life is that you love to like at least spend a little bit of time while you're on vacation, um, making sure that you're working and there's nobody that's requiring you to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's also not like you hate it. Like you, that's what, you know, you and Kevin talked about with us last time was that you guys love doing that. And it's just part of your life is you know, being able to, you know, there are some days you work more and less, but it's being able to do that all the time. And I think people see anybody who creates content, um, for a full-time job and just thinks that like, it must be so easy, but it's It's just, you have to be extremely self-motivated, um, to be able to pull that off. 
Yeah. And, and it might depend on the person, but I know that one of the reasons why the more bigger somebody gets on social media, they don't work with one-on-one because it's a lot of work. It is. I mean, I am naturally an empath. And so I think about how can I improve this for my clients? What can I do to make them better? And I'm always thinking about them. And that's what drives me to want to learn more and do more research because I want to ultimately help the people and then the community. And sometimes that's taxing on me. I mean, there's times where I work really late on weekends to try to figure out something that I can't figure out of a puzzle of a client, but I love doing it. And so that's where it's, it's, you know, if you want that eight to five, you're not going to get it to be a successful nutrition. I mean, some people do, right? Some people will work under a chiropractor or work in a certain type of setting where they have a boss in a sense, and they get a cut of who they meet with. But I have visions of wanting to make carnivore cures elimination diet acknowledged in the medical space. And it's going to require a lot of work and studies to get that to happen. And for people to take meat only, um, a meat only carnivore diet as serious. And I mean, it takes a lot of legwork, but I think that was the purpose in my life was to do that. And I'm okay with it. Um, but it gives us other freedoms too. I can send my children to this unschooling school where their hours are so random. Uh, there's like once a week, my son doesn't even have school. So he only goes to school three, three weeks in a month. And even for just three days, but we can do that because I'm a stay at home nutritionist in a sense. And it is a lot of work. There's so much difference. And um, at KetoCon, I will be talking at the Entrepreneur Mindset uh, Mastermind, where they allow all... Judy, do you know that's at 6.30 in the morning? I know. I didn't know that one. Thanks a lot for bringing that up right now. <laughs> I know, but I'm not even a morning bird. I know, and it's the I, same I day of my talk, but... I know you're going to have to go home and take a nap in between. I know. Well, I'm not a nap. I will listen. I'll make sure that I'm there. I'll make sure that I'm there and give you some motivation. You could come sleep over in the hotel um, (laughs) night before. So you can just go downstairs. No, no, no. But it's, that would be cool because in terms of the entrepreneur mastermind, it's where people are just starting to start off. If they are questions of there's other brands that are coming that are bigger and have been successful. And you can ask questions of how did this work and how was it successful? And, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. You and I had a lot of conversations of this when you were at my house and it's, um, there's no simple answer to what's better, but I would never change my job. And I love the freedom as much as I work a lot more and a lot harder. Um, I would never change the freedom I have now with my children. Yeah. And that's, uh, for some side context, Judy keeps trying to convince me to quit my job. <laughs> and so, uh, it's definitely, we've dug into a lot of these different aspects quite a bit. So stay tuned. We'll see. Well, you share a lot of, my- con- you share a lot of content that's very practical and I know there's a comedic spin to it, but just the other day we went to a restaurant, I think it was red lobster and I ended up having a burger there, which, you know, it's like, why are you eating a burger? <laughs> but that's what I ate. And, and then my husband, he was, he ordered pasta there. And I was like, why didn't you just go to Olive Garden? Cause there was one right next door. And he's like, well, what would you eat there as a carnivore? And I was like, uh, did you not see Laura's video? <laughs> that's exactly what I said though. And I was like, you can order chicken and shrimp and other things. And, but that's what I'm saying is as much as it seems like entertainment, there's a lot of normalcy you bring, right? People hear carnivore meat only. That's so crazy. And then you see a very normal family eating that way that brings entertainment to it that you can order at any different restaurant. And I think there's a lot of value that goes beyond, okay, we get it. Meat is nutritious. And then what? Like, how do we live the normal life? Well, Laura Spath is a great person to follow. Well, okay, listen, this is my dream to like, we need to start a retreat center where, okay, it's going to be like Judy's husband and my husband and me and Judy, obviously. And people come and it's like, instead of being a bed and breakfast, we're going to call it a sleep and steak, right? You come there oh, and you are steak and sleep. So you come and have a steak and then you sleep and then we're all intermittent fasting. So nobody eats a breakfast. <laughs> okay. And so, um, Chris is going to like grill everybody a steak or I'll, I'll, maybe I'll teach like a grilling class and then you like hang out with me and we grill and then. Chris can clean up for everybody. <laughs> and then <laughs> Kevin runs the business behind the scenes. And then you get like one-on-one consult with Judy or we have like group sessions or whatever. And like, this is going to be a thing or like a retreat center, people would come. And then we like have this, you know, people can come and 
hang out with us. <laughs> that sounds like an amazing idea. No, I think it'd be really yeah. fun. I think Brian's trying to create something like that, but it's funny. It's I know. Okay, sorry, I got off track. So the other questions, which I think you address the pros and cons yeah. a little bit, and, and you can bring any more up that you have. But I love these questions, and I want to make sure we get to them. Um, so the other question they said, which is, um, how do you emotionally deal with the responsibility of giving health advice to people? Yeah, I take a lot of ownership in it. And um, I'm not going to lie, I'm naturally an empath. So I bear that burden probably to a point that I maybe shouldn't. And I'm just being really honest. Uh, this is where recently I shared about, you know, chronic inflammatory response syndrome and mold. And then people start digging into it and think, wait, that might be me. But then they start realizing all the nuances of that protocol, how expensive it could be, how you need a pristine environment. Um, and it requires a lot of money. And I started to feel overwhelmed of, oh, no, I don't want people to go down this path and then not really heal. So then I started to work late hours to find a protocol that I can write down that will then eventually help maybe people have less uh, doctor calls and so they can save some money, but it still won't get them to the end if they have to spend money on their environment. When I realized that about SIRS, I remember, I mean, I just talked about this in a newsletter, but I ended up crying on my nutritionist because, and ultimately, and I didn't know why I was crying. I was just frustrated, I guess. And my nutritionist said, you feel helpless. Like that's why you're crying. And I realized that is what it is. Like, I really want to fix everybody and I know I can't. And sometimes when I recommend like a supplement and then somebody said they have a bad reaction, I feel bad. And so I try to figure out every reason. And, you know, I know ultimately it's the decision is up to the person, but I, I care a lot about my clients and maybe some of it's to a fault, but I really, there is a sense of ownership and burden that does come with it, at least in my practice. I just want to fix everybody and I don't know how else to explain it, but I don't think everyone functions like I do though. So I think I'm not the same as everybody. Yeah. And I think also it's like what you've been through. I don't, I don't, I think you would even admit you didn't, this wasn't who you were when you were in the corporate world. No. You know what I mean? It was like more about all work and less empathetic. And just because of the things that you've been through and how much this diet has healed you, you've always been open about sharing that here. Like that's where it's coming from. It's not, um, it's not something that, you know, this is because of the experiences that you've lived and how this has healed you. Yeah. I mean, I, I want my clients and I have some of the most diligent clients and I would love them to get to a place of healing that I have and I would do anything to get them there. And so that's what I will always strive for. That's why I will always look for the iodine, the vitamin A, the thyroid, the um, the purines, the uric acid, the gout, like these are all because of my clients that I go down these rabbit holes. And I will always look for something because if I'm a healer, then my goal is to help people heal. And I can't walk them through everything, but I can get them to heal a lot, hopefully. Yeah. Um, there's two more little questions on here that they asked about just kind of like your career as a nutritionist or in the nutrition field. Would you recommend to somebody making a career out of this? And then the last question I think is, is your job meaningful? We'll just kind of say it together. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I, I think everyone. So I believe that everyone should find their purpose. And I know that's something so easy for me to say because I found mine, but I know that's not that easy for other people. So I really think take your time and figure out what really truly brings you hap um, happiness. When you were little, what brought you happiness? When I was little, I played doctor. When I was little and um, I used to, I would always get, my friends would say, oh, you're such a great therapist. Or um, I had a psychiatrist tell me that I would make a great psychologist. I heard this throughout my life and I was like, no, I never want to help people because I'm too empathetic. I think it'll bring my life down. And now that I went through my old own illness, I really feel like God was like, okay, Judy, when are you going to finally wake up to do this role? So I'm finally here. And I would absolutely recommend anyone that finds their passion and their purpose, like where you always sort of put your attention on, that may be your purpose and that may be your calling. And I say, embrace it. And I know people get scared about money and, you know, I was there too. I thought, what if I can only bring in 20,000 a year? Will that be enough for me? And if you follow your passion and you do it in the most ethical and a way with integrity, I think money comes. If you do it with your heart and you have a good intent, 
I don't think people need to worry as about as much about money. But the one thing I would recommend is if you're not a type A person like I am, where you don't really you you can produce the structure on your own and you can just get things out, but you um, then maybe you could have your own practice. If you are somebody that does better with rules and that someone else is dictating those rules, I guess, then you may want to partner up with a company that needs a nutritionist. And that's where it'll differ on the person. Um, you know, I am not a lifestyle influencer. Like I, it takes me a lot of energy to get on stories and go, Hey guys, what's going on? It takes me a lot of energy. To do so I don't do it. I write because I'm naturally a writer. I think it's marrying, figuring out who you are as a person and then what will allow you to thrive. But ultimately you have to find your, your passion and your purpose. And I think that's when you can make a career out of it. What do you think? Laura? Yeah. And I, yeah, I know more than anything, I know how much this community, you know, community means to you and how, why you fight for it and um, how important that is. So I know, I think people have to understand themselves too. And like what motivates them. And, and you're so right about knowing what kind of structure are they going to work within? So, yeah. Yeah. I think with anything, you can make anything happen. It's just a matter of like, are you willing to put the work in to make it happen? I guess, you know, Kevin alluded to this in our last, our last family uh, podcast episode, but he says that he's always known me to be a hard worker. And I think that is one thing that's true is whatever you're interested in, if you put in the effort, it doesn't matter if you're naturally smart or you're naturally good. If you put in the effort over time, the goods will come. And I fully believe that it's, but some people will, you know, they just get distracted by other things that will eat up their time. And so that's why I always bring up, if you define yourself as a good mom, for example, but I spend very little time with my kids, am I really a good mom? Or do I perceive myself as a good mom? And then we think about all our habits on the days that we are, you know, just having leisure time, like what do you spend most of your time on? And no matter what you view yourself as like what you spend your time mostly on is really what defines you. And that's just a hard pill for some people to swallow. And when I thought of that, I thought, well, I don't want to watch a lot of TV. Sometimes I'll just have Netflix on while I'm working. But generally, I don't watch much TV. And I, it's an intentional decision I made when I wanted to produce content that can help the community. Yeah. And it's, 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 you do so much research that any time that you do have when you're not working is like listening to the audiobooks and podcasts yeah. and everything at two times speed. <laughs> Which is I, when you did that poll. So Judy did a poll in her stories because I always tease her about that. I listen to everything at like one time speed. And I'm like, nobody listens to things fast. Like I, my brain cannot process things that fast. <laughs> like unless I'm like sitting there and the only thing I'm doing is focusing on listening. I can't listen to anything fast. And there was more people that listened to things sped up. than I think it was 50, 50. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think I just talk fast and that's why you don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I can't listen fast. It depends on the content. Sometimes most I can listen at 2x, but then if I'm if there's a lot of science involved and it's really listening intently, then I might have to slow it down. But I, I think I'm greedy when it comes to content and I want to learn and absorb as much as I can. So if I, I think your time. I mean yes. your time is so valuable. So that is an important thing to where and I think that's where there's other people who seem to do do so much. Um, I know like Dr. Jamie Seaman, Dr. Fit and Fabulous gets asked all the time, like, how do you, you're a full-time doctor and a mom and a bodybuilder. And she did Mrs. America and she did a TV show and like all these things. And she's always answered back with like, I don't watch TV. Um, you know, we all have the same number of hours in the day. Like uh, it's how we choose to spend those, that time. I mean, I watch TV, which is why I'm not, you know, a bodybuilder, I will say. <laughs> um, but that's what, the way I choose to spend my time. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with TV. I mean, my husband needs TV to decompress. So there's nothing wrong with Me that. Too. And, and I mean, again, I'll have some shows on if I'm doing more administrative work, which sometimes I have to do. And that's when I'll have the TV on. But usually when I'm researching and I'm writing notes or I'm writing a blog post or Instagram content, I have to write. And when I have other people talking at me, I can't write. So then I have to listen to music. And so that's just, it's just, just the way it works, yeah. I guess. Good. Well, I don't really know what we talked about in this episode, but I think it was a good one. <laughs> People got uh, some good info. So good luck figuring out what to title this one, Judy. Um, but I hope you guys felt like it was helpful. That's all I got for today. Yeah. It, yeah. I have, no, I have no, no nice ending to this gift wrapped uh, bow of a conversation. That's all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye, guys.
Thanks for tuning in to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share and leave us a review and leave any comments and questions on Apple Podcasts. We will read and answer your questions and comments on an upcoming podcast episode. This also helps us to share our real talk with more community members. You can also find me on my other podcast, Nutrition with Judy, on all podcast channels. You can also follow my content on Nutrition with Judy's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find Carnivore Cure in paperback, ebook, and audio on Amazon. I also have a blog post and weekly newsletter with nutrition and wellness updates. You can sign up at nutritionwithjudy.com. You can find Laura on Instagram at Laura East Bath. You can follow along on her daily stories and see some of her funny skits. You can also find Laura on her YouTube channel where she shares tips on living a meat-based lifestyle. If you're wondering how much meat to eat in a day, week, or month, Laura has you covered. She also shares how to make a perfect sear on a steak and how extended fasting looks like in real life. You can find her YouTube channel by searching Laura's Bath. Thanks again for listening to the Cutting Against the Grain podcast. And remember, make sure to cut against the grain. <laughs>